You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here for the Locked On Nationals podcast. It is October 6th. 2021. Today's show is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Go check them out. Download the app today at the iOS App Store. Uh, apologize for the time off. Combination of work plus had a couple doctor's appointments. Wish we could have started earlier in October, but we're here. We're, we're going to be here for uh, for the entire offseason to take you guys through it as we lead up to the 2022 season. We're going to take you to the playoffs. We're going to have some exit interviews as well, exit interviews and quotes about some players. Going to get to the latest news and whatnot. And on today's show, we're going to talk about Zim's f- potential farewell. The news Alcides Escobar is back. And then we're going to talk about the Yankees and Red Sox game last night in our uh, playoff diary, which we're going to do kind of every single day as we go through the playoffs here in the month of October. All right, make sure you guys uh, review on YouTube. Oh, well, it's going to be going to YouTube here. Recording this one today, at least, on Audition. We're going to be doing it on YouTube as we move forward. Make sure you guys follow us on YouTube and Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, all of those places. All right, let's get into it. All right, so let's get into it today here on the Locked On Nationals podcast. The first Big piece of news we really have to get to is Ryan Zimmerman's farewell. I know it's been analyzed and talked about. Um, it's not quite for sure that Ryan Zerman is saying goodbye to the Washington Nationals, but really what happened on Sunday, it, it felt like um, it, it really was. Now, the Nats have said this. Mike Rizzo has said that if Ryan Zerman wants to come back, he can. I believe that... His, his play does justify him coming back. Now, obviously, he would not be really a full-time player for the Nationals. He would take on that role that he had this year of just kind of coming off the bench, right, um, and trying to have an impact that way. And this year, did pretty well. You know, he hit two forty three on the season, had 14 home runs, 46 RBI. And so in a year where he only had, uh, you know, he only had 270 plate appearances this season, I think he did a pretty good job, especially when your job is coming off the bench and, and swing the stick. I mean, that's really what they're asking him to do, right? They're asking him to come in and give them production in that spot. Your job is not to take pitches when you're in that role. But yeah, for Zim, it, it sounds it, it sounds like the Nats want him back, right? That's kind of number one. It sounds like he is welcome back to the Washington Nationals. Um, now, does he want to come back? Because that really did feel like a farewell, right? The family was there. They had a lot of people into town. And I think they brought them into town because they know the door is open if Ryan wants to continue. I think he knows that as well. I think he knows that he didn't suck this season, right? He was not, you know, he was he was a good player this season for them. I think that they know that he is a franchise icon, that he knows Mike Rizzo would leave the door open for him to continue if he truly wanted to continue. He knows that the option is right there for him. He knows that. He knows the option is there. But I don't really know if he wants to. And look, we can't get inside Ryan's head. We don't know what's happening and how his family feels and all those things. But his entire family was there at the game the other day. 
They were all cheering on their dad. We saw him blow kisses to them at the end of the game, and they did the same thing back to him. And so it felt like that this was the... It felt like this was kind of the um, the end. And look, once again, the door is, is there, but what a career he's had with the Nationals. And I, look, I'm not, I don't want to close the book on it yet because obviously there is still an opportunity for him to come back. Um, and I think, I think we're going to hear pretty, like, I don't think he's going to sit on this decision for a long time. I would expect that before the calendar turns to 2021, we're definitely going to have an answer about, oh, excuse me, the calendar turns to 2022. We're definitely going to have an answer about whether or not Ryan Zerman wants to continue, wants to keep playing. Um, he's at 1,799 games as it stands right now, so quite a mile, mile, uh, milestone, quite an achievement. But this is a guy that, even if you strip that away, you know he's, he's got uh, a career with 284 homers, over 1,000 runs driven in, 646 walks, 1,846 hits, a guy with an unreal career um, who is just the consummate professional and the guy who always seemed to find a role whenever he needed to, uh, you know, think about the 20, the, the, national, the national championship team, the championship team, just finding his role and being a clutch player and a clutch hitter. And um, it's always just been in his DNA. He has been a leader from the word go. He has been Mr. National. There, there will never, ever be another Ryan Zerman because the way that when they drafted him in 2004, the fact that he was with this organization when they made the change, I mean, this guy is, it, he's Washington baseball. He really is Washington baseball. And maybe Juan Soto takes that mantle because he, now he is the next guy kind of bringing the Nationals into this new generation, right? Um, you know, it's, they're approaching now 20 years of existence. The Nationals, they, I think for older folks, you know, I'm in my 20s, the Nationals still feel a bit new, but we're kind of getting used to them. And so now, as an established franchise, and obviously they're Expos before, but as an established franchise, they have this burgeoning star in Juan Soto, and he'll take that role. But there will never be a guy like like Ryan who came in when he did and set that tone and, and kind of moved forward. And that's kind of what I think in the beginning. Now, obviously, it's not over yet. I don't want to close the book on it just yet, but those are kind of my initial thoughts as we head towards an offseason where we're going to get word about whether or not he is going to continue playing. All right, from one older guy to another older guy, Alcides Escobar. We'll talk about him re-signing with the Nationals and what that could mean next. But first, a word from our sponsors. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Spotify Greenroom is a great place to interact with folks like me, other fans, podcast hosts, writers, sometimes even athletes. It's a great place to have those conversations about sports. Uh, it's the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, insiders, in real time about your favorite team or sports. Plural. It doesn't have to be just one team. I'll be hosting uh, Locked On Nationals rooms once a week. We'll be doing this one later on in the week. And yes, you can finally join in on the conversation to listen. And you actually might even get to be on the podcast if I post part of it here onto the show. Once again, it's a perfect place to start or join the conversations about the leagues and teams you care about. Green Room is a perfect place uh, you know, to, to interact with, with people who listen to this podcast, other podcasts you might like. I'm a huge fan of soccer, Men and Blazers. They do their shows on there. You can join into those rooms as well. So once again, 
uh, download the free Green Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, join the NFL, MLB, and NHL groups for the latest league updates. I know you will find a ton of incredible rooms and your favorite teams as well. Download the Green Room app today. Green Room, changing the way that we talk about sports. Today's show is also brought to you by betonline.ag. BetOnline, my friends, they've got a new, clean, slick-looking interface over there at BetOnline. So you can go to BetOnline today. You can get involved in really whatever sport uh, you want to get involved with, whether it be football, basketball, baseball, Formula One, hockey. All of those things are available to play some wagers on at betonline.ag. You head over to the website right now. It's free to sign up. Use that promo code locked on. It's L O C K E D O N right now. Locked on. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus as well when you do that. Bet online. It is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online. It's where the game starts. All right, my friends. So the big news coming out of Natsland yesterday is that Alcides Escobar is going to be re-signing with the Washington Nationals. Now, this is something that I'm going to talk to Max Raymond of District on Deck about. Um, But he's returning on a one-year deal. I'm going to read from Jesse Doherty over here of the Washington Post. He says that Washington Nationals wasted little time before making the first move of their offseason shortstop, Alcides Escobar, return on a one-year, $1 million deal, according to multiple people with knowledge of the terms. The club announced the agreement on Tuesday afternoon. Escobar, 34, first arrived in a trade with the Kansas City Royals in early June when the Nationals were in dire need of a shortstop. Trey Turner and Jordy Mercer were placed, uh, were injured in the same game. Luis Garcia and Carter Keboom and Jackson Clough were all hurt in the minors. And now the plan for Escobar could drop uh, hints about the Nationals' 2022 plans. Um, so this is really interesting here. If, and Jesse goes on to say, it is unlikely the Nationals view themselves as legitimate National East contenders next year. But if he's back as a bench infielder, the Nationals could bring in a higher upside, upside shortstop and accelerate the reboot. So Alcides Escobar, when they brought him in, was a guy that had not played in the majors since 2019. He was still in the organization with the Royals, but I think at 34 years old, Alcides Escobar probably knew that his time as a major league every single day shortstop was beginning to maybe come to an end at the age 33 slash 34. He goes to the Nationals. He's thrust into a situation that we really did not see coming, right? I'm not sure many people saw this coming where Alcides Escobar was going to be a guy who they relied on every single day, but he ended up being that. And from that point forward, he ended up performing really well. Finished with a slash line of 288, 340, 404 in the uh, batting average, on-base percentage, and slugging percentage areas. 744 OPS as well, a 105 OPS plus league average is 100. So he's a bit, you know, he was an above average hitter the Nationals. He's a veteran guy, plays shortstop. You know, there are a lot of questions about, I mean, there's such a deep shortstop class this year in free agency. There are some questions about, hey, can the Nationals go out 
and sign a premier shortstop. Basically saying, look, we traded away Trey Turner. We got premier assets. We're going to go get a good, really good shortstop and move forward. There's so many questions facing the Nationals this offseason. And for me, Escobar does solve this one. He's kind of that Josh Harrison guy. He automatically fits in as a veteran who has got championship experience. And I know Josh did not win a championship with them, but he is a veteran guy who's been around the league, who has won a World Series championship. He was a guy who was a leadoff hitter for a World Series championship team. He brings that experience. He brings that stability to the team. I mean, that guy was a rock for them at shortstop. And look, not the greatest hitter in the world, but he was a rock. And I think it's worth bringing him back. Now that brings us to the issues at hand is that, like Jesse said, if he is your plan at shortstop moving forward, like for the entire year, that tells me you're really not trying to compete to win the National League East. You're still in rebuild mode and reboot mode. And look, they got some good, they got you know some good draft picks this season. Obviously, Brady House, the one. You know, the hope comes along and play shortstop, but that would not be at the major league level for the next. I mean, at least two years, probably three to four years, you won't see Brady House at the major league level. Now, obviously, things get accelerated nowadays. Guys are making their way to the majors at a bit faster of a clip than they used to do it. And Brady House seems like a talented cat. He's got a whole lot of ability and a chance to move up will be there for him. But they're on the clock with that. Now, another option they could do is they could bring in a guy to kind of bridge that gap, but you run the risk that said player blocks him, so it'd be a two-year deal. But there's a bunch of guys that are in the market right now that are going to be trying to um, – a lot of guys in the market trying to cash out, get a lot of you know bigger contracts multiple years, so we'll see what happens on that front. The The best case scenario for them is they bring in a Javi Baez for a high amount of money for a short amount of years, but I don't see that happening. I, I really don't, and they don't want to have somebody block Brady House. So I, I – to me, it seems like right now the plan is going to be to have Alcides Escobar be your everyday shortstop going into next season. I know that does not make Nationals fans the most excited, but do think there is some excitement about the fact that, hey, if this is a rebuild, you got a chance to have some really good draft picks moving forward. And also this team, I think they know there's so much to take care of in the bullpen area that it's going to be difficult for this Nationals team to get good enough in that spot to compete next year. Now, I think with the lineup, they, they're going to go with some holding patterns in the lineup because here's the deal. The lineup of Juan Soto, saying this all offseason, or said all season, we saw last year you plugged in with Juan Soto, Trey Turner, and Kyle Schwarber. And because those guys were all so good together, you know, it, it Juan's so good that it's not going to take a ton to make this lineup uh, spectacular because he is – an amazing hitter. Obviously, you know, he'll finish second or third in in NL most valuable player voting this season. And he just keeps getting better. With that, it's encouraging because you think, okay, building around that guy is not going to be terribly difficult because you've got your absolute stone cold franchise cornerstone in place. So build a lineup around him becomes a bit easier with that. They just got to figure out which guys are for real and here to stay and which guys aren't. And so that's why they're going to use Alcides Escobar as a bridge. They're going to see if they can, I think I think this is at least what they're going to do, see if Carter Keeboom's legit, see if Lane Thomas is legit, see if Luis Garcia 
is ready for that big time, that prime time, just 21 years old, uh, 21, 22 years old at the moment. So still plenty of time for him, you know, to, to, to kind of get moving and get himself up into major league form. A full offseason for all of these guys, an outfield to figure out as well. Josh Bell is, is, is going to be the guy, maybe some Zim next year at first base. So this gives them some depth. This gives them some opportunity right now at that position. And, um, you know, this this is going to – opportunity. I mean, they can bring in somebody else, another guy, you know, or maybe they shift Luis Garcia over to short, whatever it is. They've got so many options right now, and they want to see – which guys work out where. And so having a steady veteran in that spot is going to be kind of the way forward for them for the next season, not anywhere beyond that. So I think this might be a sign of things to come, but Nationals fans, look, this is a rebuild. You got to be patient. You have to be patient with these things and just be encouraged with the fact that they've got that franchise cornerstone and they're going to try to keep building around him right now. This is a holdover. This is a guy they're going to, you know, have as a veteran because this team is not as veteran laden as it once was. Obviously, 2019, so many vets, not as many now. This is a veteran that can add and kind of help guide guys. Hopefully, next season when it's uh, you know part of their rebuild. All right, one more word from our sponsors, then we'll talk some Yankees and sacks. All right, today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to built.com today. Check out all the available flavors. They've got right now plenty right now at built.com. Nine flavors available for you uh, coconut, cherry barchia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. All have 17 to 18 grams of protein. All have calorie ranges from 130 to 180, only four to five grams of sugar, and only four to five grams of net carbs. It's tasty, it's good, and it's good for you as well. Built Bar is also the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Go to Built.com today. That's Built.com today. When you go there, use the promo code uh, LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15, for 15% off today. Once again, Built.com, promo code LOCKED15. All right, Playoff Diary Part 1 going to be a shorter one today, but... Yankees and Red Sox. It was a 6-2 win for the Boston Red Sox in Game 1. Well, it wasn't Game 163, but it was the first game of the playoffs, the AL wildcard game. The Red Sox get the win. We saw our old friend Kyle Schwaba go deep in that game last night. His home run was part of an early effort by the Red Sox. He helped them get up 3-0 in this game, and I thought the key for the Red Sox was how good Nathan Evaldi was to start this game. Nathan Evaldi made it possible for them to get up and made it possible for them to kind of stay up in this contest. And also, they got to Garrett Cole, they got to Severino, they got to Loizaga. They got to the really the, the you know the best pitchers on this Red Sox team. They got to all of them. I mean, Johnny uh, Johnny Lasagna, as they call him, Loizaga had been so good throughout the season, and Severino had really settled into that bullpen role. Obviously, Garrett Cole was fantastic during the season, but they were able to get hits off of all those guys. They are able to get runs off all those guys and put the Yankees in an early deficit they were not able to, to come out of. It felt like October baseball. It felt good to have that back. And as we look forward today, 
um, it's exciting. Another kind of Nationals wrinkle in this is that we're going to see Max Scherzer against Adam Wainwright in 2021, the playoff game, 8-10 tonight on, on TBS in the first National League wildcard game. So we have that to look forward to as well. More playoff diaries coming your all's way, but it was so great to have the fans packed in there. I watched a lot of the StatCast broadcast because Matt Vaskersian and um, A-Rod are not for me. If they're for you, that's you know, totally your preference. I watched the StatCast version, StatCast version. I enjoyed it. The crowd was so electric. It was fun to have that playoff atmosphere back. Looking forward to tonight as well at Dodger Stadium. All right, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. You can follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Until next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.